Okay, so apparently <laughs> um, Trudeau has uh, told Canadians to exercise caution when sending their kids out to trick-or-treat <laughs> this, <laughs> this upcoming Halloween, which I found interesting because you have some parents actually protesting that their kids should have the right to go take candy from strangers. So, the <laughs> oh. okay, so, so there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, <laughs> um, and in case you haven't noticed, actually, uh, at the farmer's market last week, there were people protesting about that too. Just like, yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Well, just not just that specifically, but like everything. And then that was also an additional part where it's like, well, we don't have like... Uh, we want hugs, not masks, and my kids should feel oh. free to go trick or treating and all. I don't know, all of that stuff. They're, so yeah. they're the problem, <laughs> and all of us have to wear masks to protect idiots like them. <laughs> That's the like, thing that, uh, at least, like I haven't noticed too much of the anti-mask movement in mm-hmm. Canada. Um, oh, just go. Uh, I guess the farmers markets are closed down now, but should should have gone there during the fall. Like, yeah. That they were there every every Saturday. Was this at the St. Norbert one? Yep. Hmm. I can't say I've ever actually been there. It's really nice. (laughs) They've got really, really addictive sugar cookies there. Like I would get fat if I was (laughs) if I had the physical ability to drive there every Saturday during the summer and just keep buying those. But yeah, no, pretty much. It's a thing. Uh, Ontario, I believe, is closing down uh, just in general, not just for Halloween, but like for the next foreseeable future. Uh, they're debating that right now. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Are you guys going trick-or-treating? or <laughs> How do I feel about it? Well, uh, who would have thought that opening schools during a pandemic would, you know, backfire, right? So... <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I can't say I'm too upset about the trick-or-treating. My biggest concern is when you got a lot of people indoors, right? Right. So <laughs> I, truthfully, kids walking around outside, I guess maybe passing stuff around though could be a problem. Well yeah, I mean when you um, take candy from a stranger, yeah, that, that's actually that is someone's actually like sneezed into the bowl or something. Yeah. So <laughs> put your candy in a bag and let it sit there for like a week. Okay. <laughs> Here's an idea. Like, I'm unfortunately not participating in Halloween this year because, like, I live in a basement suite and I have a side entrance, so it's kind of hard uh, to for trick-or-treaters because, I mean, I'm not going to hear them if they're at the door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, the thing is, let them wear, like, their face masks and it's going to be cold. Make sure they have gloves on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's make very sure true. They have gloves on. Make sure you have gloves on. Well, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. But keep in mind, it's going to be cold in Winnipeg, right? Like, what about other areas where, like, it's not maybe as yeah? See, because we're thinking about um, this from a Winnipeg standpoint, but yeah. not from a a BC or like Toronto or like Montreal. Disposable kinda. gloves. Like, make yeah. <laughs> sure the kids have disposable gloves. Like, so every every single kid that is dressed up in a hazmat suit, give them extra candy. Yes, yes, seriously. Yeah, I, I agree with that. hundred <laughs> percent. Great costume this year, guys. <laughs> and speaking of which, the film we are also about to review uh, is actually having screenings at various theaters around Winnipeg right now. So really? that's also interesting because it's also going to play like all throughout the Halloween period. And I'm pretty well, sure... 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that the kids would want to go into the movie theaters and watch that too. I don't know how that's going to play out as well. See, but that's and also a where thing I too. am, they're screening Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, here it's going to be that. Um, Silver City, St. Vitale's screening it even today, actually. Um, the Scotiabank. Screening what we're doing today? Yeah, what we're doing today. Yeah. Scotiabank Theater is doing it too. So, like, it's. They're doing it. So, which I actually didn't expect, to be honest. When I suggested this film, I just thought, hey, it's a nice Halloween animation to do. But apparently, it's like we're not the only ones who thought it would be great to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I know, but I mean, everyone just loves Dracula and the whole blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, that's how we cut into the main. Yeah. Main let's, let's start the show. <laughs> Welcome to the Northern Critic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Shinobi. Michael Novakshinov. And Pam Hinchark. Yeah, it's kind of weird not having Uchi in that second I part. No, I was waiting for that <laughs> too. And I was too. And my mouth opened and silence came out. I'm going, uh, oh, right, Uchi's not here. No, he's not here. <laughs> I know, it's like when you're not here, Mike, I'm kind of just like, Uchi goes and I'm just like, oh, wait, that's uh, me. Yeah, you kind of lurch into a space that doesn't feel right. Oh my goodness. I have it lucky because I always go first. So either, either way, And it's I always normal. go last. So it's like nothing really affects when I'm not here. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. So oh my yeah, goodness. this like, I guess this this episode at the time of uh, airing should be coming out when? Closer to Halloween? When is Halloween? Like this, in a week? This Saturday. Halloween's next week. Oh, oh, right. So this is actually coming out after. No, it's coming out on Halloween. On Halloween. Yeah, wow, first. that's actually pretty cool. Well, happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, yeah, I happy guess that Happy Halloween. Sense. I was going to say, I feel like we need a horror and opening for this one. <laughs> Just like a spooky, a spooky uh, intro. I can, I can, I can fabricate that. You can you know? fix something up. We can fix something up. Or I guess at this point, if people are listening in, I've already fixed something up. So <laughs> I would say one of those like retro 90s Halloween radio shows where it's like, good where evening it's... to all you ghouls and goblins out there. And then it's just Pam telling a story about not getting a paycheck on time. Yeah, pretty hey, much. That's a scary adult. That's an adult horrifying that's... tale right. there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It might be a little too close to home. Yeah, uh... too close to home. <laughs> Jeez. The Northern Critic Podcast is a film review podcast that focuses on audience or host handpicked films based off of plot, cinematography, casting, and style. Uh, most of the viewpoints on the films that we review are based off of our opinions as your hosts and our guests on the show. If we had any, we don't have any today, um, but you just get a Halloween special from the three of us, right? Uh, Uchi just decided to hop on out and uh, explore the world of non-movie halloween i guess uh, so <laughs> it's called employment it's called it's called employment <laughs> he's working working all day uh, but yeah no on this episode this is our 41st episode we will be reviewing the 2012 american hindi sri lankan romanian computer animated comedy film that's a mouthful 
Uh, <laughs> you gotta think, good God, that's a list. Yep. Uh, Hotel Transylvania. I don't get what the Hindi and Sri Lankan come from, though. Was it made in those places? I don't know. Because it says American, Hindi, Sri Lankan, Romanian. I get the Romanian part. Uh, Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, so blah, like, blah, blah. is Dracula secretly Hindi? Like, I don't, I don't know. Or Sri Lankan? I did not realize that Dracula was voiced by Adam Sandler. Oh, really? <laughs> Until yesterday when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. I would say there's two people I picked up on instantly. Actually, three people. It was Andy Samberg, Selena Gomez, mm-hmm. and Steve Buscemi. Like those oh, three, God, yeah, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, those three the... I picked up on straight away. <laughs> See, I don't really pick up on actors for the most part, especially when they're doing just voice acting, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um but that it was definitely Andy Samberg style of movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> style of for movie. For better or for worse. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Hotel Transylvania was produced by Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures Animation. Uh, in case you've forgotten, Sony Pictures Animation always also made Into the Spider-Verse. Um, it was directed by Gen- Gendy Tar- Tartakovsky. Hey, I said that right. In his directorial debut, so this was his first ever time directing a film, um, and the screenplay was written by Peter Brinham and Robert Smeagol. Uh, the story was also kind of developed by Todd Durnham, uh, Dan Hageman, and Kevin Hageman, so the brothers, and stars the voices of Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg, Selena Gomez, Kevin James, Steve Buscemi, David Spade, CeeLo Green, Fran De- Drescher. Drescher. Mo- yeah, Drescher. Molly Shannon, John Lovitz, and Chris Parnay- Parnell. Uh, the film tells the story of Count Dracula, the owner of a hotel called Hotel Transylvania, where the world's monsters can take a rest from human civilization. Dracula invites some of the most famous monsters to celebrate the 118th birthday of his daughter Mavis, uh, with an 18-year-old aspect. So 118 really means she's 18 in Dracula years. Um, when the human... If I'm old enough to buy, drive a hearse, I'm old enough to go out and see the world. Yeah. world. <laughs> when the human-free hotel is unexpectedly visited by an ordinary 21-year-old traveler named Jonathan, Drac must do everything in his power to prevent Mavis from falling in love with him before the hotel's guests learn a human is in the castle which may jeopardize the hotel's future and his career. So already off the bat, this is, this. I don't know. I think this is an amazing plot from a comic perspective, just how great it is. Um, the film was released. It's a great hook. Sorry? I was going to say, it's a great hook. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it goes back to films that I felt that we grew up with as kids, where it's like, yes, it's for kids. But there's still a lot of adult humor in oh, it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That, that's where like, I. Like I remember seeing the trailer, and being like, I want to go see this. And I actually think I saw it three times when it was in theaters. <laughs> oh, and it, that goodness. was I can't believe this movie's eight years old and it still holds up. <laughs> Mike, you're gonna say something. I, I'm gonna be the Grinch today. Um, <laughs> I definitely did enjoy this movie when I first saw it in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Rewatching it today, it just. It, it felt very derivative, if that mm. makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, I feel like it told the same joke about 50 times. So <laughs> by the end of the movie, I was getting 
pretty fed up with this movie, not gonna lie. And I also thought the plot was incredibly generic. Oh um, yeah, it's it's a very basic beat, plot in terms of the beats that it hit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and toilet humor just doesn't land for me. I'm gonna be honest about that. But, was there? Was there? I mean, I can, I'm trying to think of toilet humor in this film. I guess the yeah, there was a there was a handful. Uh, the Mister Bigfoot, we all get upset stomach one. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So, but that's typical Adam Sandler for you, right? That's and, and plus my Andy Samberg. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an Adam Sandler fan. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. And then uh, you're definitely not going to want to watch my recommendation at the end of this. Oh boy. <laughs> The film was released on September 28th, that's just two days off my birthday, uh, and 2012 by Sony Pictures, and it earned about $358 million worldwide against a budget of $85 million. So it made more than double, actually, of what it was yeah, made. So that's it. It's a, yeah, it's a success, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I was going to say, Sam, so eight. this movie came out eight years ago, and mm-hmm. you're like, what, 22, 23? Yes. So... You would have been 14, 15? I guess. Yeah, like 15? If my 15? math is correct when I saw this for the first time. <laughs> yes. Prime age demographic for Adam Sandler. Yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, goodness. man, eight years ago. I would have been 19. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Um, yeah, it was nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Animated Feature Film. And it launched a franchise with the sequel. So there's Hotel Transylvania 2. And there's also Hotel Transylvania 3. Uh, the television series based on the film premiered on Disney Channel on June 27th. So they not, not only did they make three... Uh, sorry, not only the two sequels. They also had a Disney Channel TV show based off of it. Based off of it. And a fourth... Yeah. And a fourth film is set to release on August 6th of 2021 as well. <laughs> so I was going to say, what was the August? third one? Sorry? I was going to say, what was the third one? But then I just looked it up and it's Hotel Transylvania Summer Vacation. I'm like, definitely didn't see that one because the second one sucked. Oh, I saw the third one in theaters with a friend. That was the vacation one. It was okay. The mm. kids loved it. I know all the kids. Uh, that was when I worked at the zoo. So it was all, I mm. remember seeing a group of kids. Uh, doing the Macarena based off the film, like just <laughs> randomly at the zoo, and I was like, okay, well, I guess you guys loved it. So, <laughs> oh, the Macarena that brings back memories. Yeah. Sorry, Mike, you were gonna say something. You uh, and Pam, they, they sure, they sure hit their target demographic in that case. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, I'm interested to see what the fourth film uh, would be about at this point because I, I kind of felt like they were running out of ideas. So, for a fourth film. Mm-hmm. They got to have something good in the works if that's the case. I don't know. But anyways, initial thoughts. Let's jump right into that. Who wants to go first? Well, as I'm going to be playing the Grinch today, I'll let y'all go first. (laughs) Pam, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I'll I'll start. Um, So, like I've said before, this movie, I think as an animated movie, holds up decently well for being eight years old and still enjoying it. I'm wondering if there is a little bit of nostalgia factor there Mm -hmm. for me. Um, but I definitely didn't get too distracted watching it, doing other things or looking at my phone or whatever. Um, I mean, I also haven't watched it in a couple years. Overall, the animation style is kind of kind of cool. The storyline, even though it's very A, B, C, D, um, it definitely has a hook and it works 
for what it wants to do for being one of those movies that is like a kid's movie but has adult humor mm-hmm. um and you can definitely see it has that definitely the typical adam sandler-esque movie with like the potty humor and all that and yeah it's overall it's it's pretty good i find it entertaining and i mean i could watch it probably 10 years from now and still enjoy it is it something i would watch all the time no but nostalgia factor i think plays a big role in enjoying it um but yeah like i'm just saying like if i saw if this came out now would i want to go see it in theaters probably not like Mm -hmm. this is a i'll see it when it goes on netflix right Mm -hmm. it's like a uh, product of its time i guess yeah it it definitely is Um, and like I said, the people who saw it when I mean, they were between 15 and 19, which all of us were, mm-hmm. um, we can enjoy it somewhat in now still. Mm-hmm. But that, that's about it. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll go second on that. Um, as far as, again, like Michael said earlier, as far as the plot goes, it is very generic and very derivative, I guess, to borrow his words. Um, and I do, I definitely 100% agree with that. It's, it's not groundbreaking in any way. Um, the beats are very simplistic. And I guess, again, maybe because it's targeted towards kids, they just try to make it as simple as possible, right? Um, the comedies, for some, for some of the comedy, you know, I saw some of it and it did kind of make me laugh. Um, but other times, I was just like, okay, I'll just ignore that one. Uh, you know, like the Bigfoot one. Until you even mentioned it, I totally forgot about that one. Because usually whenever those kind of jokes uh, play through, like the potty jokes and whatever, my I feel like I just mentally go numb to it. I don't laugh mm-hmm. or anything. I just brush it off like, oh, that's not important. Uh, yeah, like I'm definitely a highbrow humor. Not like a highbrow humor, but like humor. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah, just more like intellectual humor. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, which, which again, that's kind of my same brand of humor too, right? So, uh, there were a couple of them. I could say there were like one or two that really got me laughing. Um, the jokes with the Invisible Man, some of them were pretty. Mm-hmm. Some of them were pretty funny. I, I found those interesting. Um, I think this this uh, there was a part in it where he said he had a girlfriend. And the rest of them were like, sure, of course you have a girlfriend. And it's like, and that made me laugh because just the joke in it, him being invisible and the girlfriend's probably invisible I, too. Pretty funny. I think my favorite invisible man joke is still when they're at the pool and they pants him and he goes, ah, it's in water, don't judge me. Yeah, exactly. So the, that part, that part's pretty funny. I, I did laugh at those. Um the the part where uh, the humans kind of show Dracula that they're big fans and they kind of mockingly but fan like fanboy or fangirlishly uh, make fun of uh, Frankenstein. I thought that was pretty cool as well. It made me laugh slightly. Uh, it wasn't the funniest, but it just it got a decent crack of a smile from me as well. Uh, his whole fear, his whole fear of fire, was pretty funny. Uh, so. <laughs> I just want to say something um, yeah. quick. And I just find it funny how they're like, I feel like that scene where everyone's like into vampires and werewolves and all that mm-hmm. kind of plays on our generation of the whole infatuation of after the Twilight series came oh, out. Yeah. I'm, definitely like a knee-jerk reaction to Twilight mm-hmm. in some sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> and let's not even get into Twilight. Like, if that that's a different basket on its own. I completely oh. hate those movies. I hated those movies when I first saw them. I still hate them today. Oh, God, they're so bad, but I will watch them, like, oh, once in a goodness. while for a guilty pleasure. Jeez. Just from the clear stance of just video quality, I'm just like, nope, this is not. <laughs> and the fact that they kept on going for, like, two or three more movies, I don't know why. Anyways. They made money. I guess that's true. <laughs> Don't worry. After watching this movie, you want to know what came up on my YouTube search was the uh, Edward versus Jacob SNL debate skit. Oh, and I was like, goodness. oh, my God, I lived through this. <laughs> oh, okay. And I would say a phenomenon that was a flash in the pan. Right. And I would say before just to put give our viewers some perspective or our listeners some perspective. Before watching this movie, I watched Toy Story 4, right? Which actually won the Oscars for Best Animated Feature last year. Um, And the beats were just totally different. Like, Toy Story 4 was still hilarious, but it just, it, it was a different type of story. Like, there was more like, okay, there was more uncertainty in where it would end, if that makes sense. And I feel like that just goes to show how far animated films have come since 2012 and 2019 i guess that's when toy story 4 came out and how even the construction of animated movies has changed um michael and i guess uchi uchi's not here but you guys remember when we saw onward it was kind of similar to that where like it 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 wasn't like groundbreaking anyway but it was sort of a different type of storytelling that was that was quite interesting like the just the whole idea of it was interesting um and you know on and on right so again going back to 2012 and watching this <laughs> i could tell that yeah there the animated industry of 2012 still had a lot of growing up to do compared to now and yeah that's kind of yeah. where i'll leave it <laughs> i i, I kind of think uh it and you know i'll i'll get back to that in mm-hmm. a little bit but it kind of depends on i mean which movie came out right because there definitely has been a shift and the 2012 sort of time frame is when that was happening in particular that's mm-hmm. sort of when disney's renaissance happened and they started to experiment with different storytelling uh formulas so to speak mm-hmm. um but first on the movie i think uh, it, i have a hard time placing if i like this movie or not right mm-hmm. because this is a movie that definitely depends on the humor to succeed yeah um because my biggest gripe about this movie is that i didn't like the plot at all Mm. Um, I just thought that it was very sort of like it didn't engage me in any way whatsoever because the jokes weren't funny enough to keep me entranced. So if at least they'd put a little bit of effort into the plot, I mm-hmm. would have enjoyed this movie a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'll be honest, I do not like the archetype that they put Dracula in, like just sort of the dad uh and his daughter growing up i really don't like that archetype very much because i I just think it's so overdone Mm -hmm. uh so that i definitely found kind of exhausting and to boot i didn't like the uh i can't johnny i don't i didn't like his archetype either right he's kind of awkward but kind of cool at the same time it's it's just another one that kind of grates on me for some reason he's a dumb hipster yeah it's something Something about his character just graded me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So two of our three main cast didn't like. Um, uh, Mavis, I didn't mind her. I thought she was fine. So mm-hmm. I think if the three characters, I had been able to enjoy them a little more, I wouldn't have sort of not like disliked this movie so much. Right. Um, 
<clears throat> and on top of that, a lot of the humor just didn't land for me, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I've kind of pointed out that I don't like the toilet humor. And even the humor where it's, like, implying something adult that kids won't catch, like the invisible, invisible man getting pantsed, that didn't really get a smile from me. So, obviously, that is a little dependent on my mood. Right. And this, yeah, this movie, <laughs> it just was not ready to watch a comedy today. Um, but, I, on the other hand, I did like some of the jokes where... Uh, the werewolf, the werewolves were, they cracked me up for some reason. Um, <laughs> like I, I the sheep in just, the middle of the road? The sheep really entertained me. That was yeah. one where I got laughed out This tired of life one. with the kids. <laughs> yeah, the other, life with the kids was hilarious because there were so many of them. Um, but the I other one the that one really where cracked like, do any of your children still respect you? <laughs> That that was the other one. The one where that little girl walks up, all the kids freeze as she passes through, and then she sniffs it, and she gives way too much information based on scent, obviously. Oh, yeah. So for some reason, that just got to me. I really enjoyed that joke, too. <laughs> um, but that kind of highlights the bigger problem, right? Because I can't really think of any jokes that landed aside from those. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It is Most of the movie, I was kind of bored mm -hmm. because the humor didn't entertain me. I didn't like the characters that much. And I wasn't a huge fan of just where the story went in general. It was very formulaic and kid meets girl, dad tries to drive kid away, dad and kid bond, and then dad gets the kid to come back, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was just incredibly simple in that sense. So if they'd done something that complicated a little bit more, I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more. Mm -hmm. Any of those three aspects needed to be fixed, right? If it had been funny, I would have liked it. If the characters hadn't been intolerable, in my opinion, I would have been fine with it, right? Mm -hmm. If the plot had at least gone in a strange direction, wouldn't have minded watching it, right? It, yeah. it was, it wasn't bad, but it just had enough going against it that I didn't like it. It's mm -hmm. kind of balancing on that cusp, right? And it just fell slightly to the left in that sense. Mm -hmm. One thing that you bring up now that I will admit kind of irks me um, is the whole Dracula being a dad thing. Um, and Uchi will get a laugh out of this when he listens. But mm -hmm. um, in the words of Damon Salvatore from Vampire Diaries, vampires can't procreate, but they love to try. Like, <laughs> you can't have offspring. Ugh. So I mean, that kind of irks me take, a little bit. Right? I know it's creative liberty, but... Eh. I mean, that's kind of that's one. that was kind of um, that that was breached in uh, Netflix's Castlevania as well because Dracula in that also had a son, so I feel like that's already been breached so many times that people just it's just something we all accept at this point now, you know. I know it's still yeah. that's still maybe just a personal thing that it bothers me, but mm -hmm. I mean also I mean, in like, Twilight they any... procreated as well, <laughs> so like because Babella was human. But anyways, we're not talking about oh, that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, but like, cause I, you know, I grew up reading the Anne Rice vampire chronicles, right? Mm -hmm. Where it was, uh, you couldn't make an immortal child. Mm. Well, I mean, I, that part, I, I'm not overly like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Irked by it? Yeah. Like judgmental <laughs> on that part. Cause again, it's a kid's movie. The, mm -hmm. the primary core of it is, oh, he's a dad, he has a daughter, he's trying to do all he can to protect his daughter. It's like a dad-daughter type story, mostly, right? Mm -hmm. um, so as far as I'm concerned, they're allowed to define the rules of the world. If vampires want to have kids and they want to say, this is a rule of the world, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. It's when the situation just doesn't work, yeah. right? Like, oh, the, he's just an awkward dad that 
doesn't like the kid that his daughter likes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what got to me. See, and I'd realized too, like, I don't know, if say I was the person writing this film, right? Um, just because of the nature of my writing style, I would have been pushed to write Dracula from the perspective of a little like darker edge to him mm-hmm. where he's okay. He's seen humans kill the mother of his child. He's he's only like accepting of mo- other monsters, but does not like humans. If I was writing Dracula, and it was if it was me, right? Like it, it, this probably wouldn't be a kids movie anymore, because he would have just probably eaten Johnny as, as soon as he saw Johnny, right? Um, I mean, personally, a reformed monster would have been a really funny take. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's just it's. I, I would have written him as a little bit more, um, I don't know what's the, what the word is I'm looking for. Like, he, like you can still make a character funny and serious at the same time. I don't know how you would do that in the context of this film. Um, the only thing I can think of at this point is like, you know, someone like Batman in like uh, Justice League Dark, where literally uh, he, he makes just the driest of jokes, but are still funny. Or even, uh, I don't know if you guys remember when we saw uh, uh, Birds of Prey in Huntress, like that kind of comedy from Huntress, where it's like a kind of dry but still kind of relatable type of humor. I don't know. Huntress did not land for me either, so. Oh, really? I don't know. I thought you said she did. Oh, was that Uchi? Someone said she did. I remember... If I did like it at the moment, I definitely soured on it because right. my opinion now is not very high. Uh, <laughs> I um I do like the point you made about like maybe they should have oh good my god wrote him a little like Drac. Oh Pam, you say that again, Pam. Yeah, you broke up. Okay, so I just want to touch on the fact about what Sam said about maybe writing Drac as a darker darker character. Um. Like, with what he went through with, like, losing his wife and the humans killing his wife, I definitely think he would have, should have tried harder to keep, maybe get rid of Johnny. And, like, the other thing is, like, I just thought they wrote him a little too happy-go-lucky for this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like, everyone's like, oh, it's a kid's movie, don't be dark. But have you guys seen some of the kid's movies that are out and about? Like, a oh, lot yeah. of them are pretty dark. <laughs> the Lion King, like, I mean, hello. The, the Lion King. <laughs> or, like, I don't know. Did you? I don't know if you guys saw The Princess and the Frog, or The Frog Princess, or whatever. The, oh, that. The one in New Orleans. Don't with get, the, me, the don't get me started doll. with that. That movie, I have I so many gripes with that movie. <laughs> but, but the voodoo dolls drive, dragging Dr. Facilier into hell, like, <laughs> as an adult, I found that terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, is is this no? This is Sony Pictures. This isn't really Disney, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's very it's very different. Um, I would say like at times, I don't know if like if we've reviewed any Sony animated pictures that have been dark in the past. Um, well, no, I, mean- I don't think so. I don't think of I can't think of any Sony pictures that were good before Spider Verse, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just like I'm trying to find Sony pictures like animation movies right now. Just to be honest that's that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, because they had oh they had Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. That's definitely not dark. Uh, that's that's a weak sauce right there. I was yeah. gonna say that one was a horrible. Yeah, they had this the Smurfs. 
which is another one. You're you're not helping yourself here. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not know. defending them. I'm just letting you know the movies they have. <laughs> so. I would say Open Season was good, but that one definitely wasn't dark. I don't remember that movie. I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, Surf's Up, The New Men in Black, which was horrible. Well, we were just focusing on animations, right? They did the, yeah, they did the emoji here. movie, which is horrible. Okay. Do you want to so... know what movie they did? Resident Evil Degeneration. So... <laughs> Basically, what I'm getting from this is that Spider-Verse was an anomaly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Spider-Verse is probably the, the movie they've made to make the most money they've ever. <laughs> it's probably funded all their other failed movies. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Spider-Verse was the one good one. And Hotel Transylvania only costs about ten million dollars more than Spider, uh, less than Spider Verse did, right? Because because Hotel Transylvania is eighty five million, Spider Verse was ninety million to make. So it's interesting how how cool how much cooler Into the Spider Verse looks, yet it's only about ten million more than Hotel Transylvania costs. Well, three D animation is not simple, right? Mm-hmm. There is a lot of steps involved in getting that up and running, right. and the animation itself is not easy either. Mm-hmm. So, despite the fact that, like, at a that's one thing about this movie is it was well animated. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was obviously very exaggerated, but there was never any point that I was watching this movie and went, "Oh, I was kind of janky," right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never had any problems there. So the fact that it only costs 10 mil less than Spider-Verse doesn't surprise me one bit. Right. Because the effort and and budget was definitely put behind it in that case. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Verse, obviously it had, obviously like we have better technology now for animation too. It's actually mm-hmm. cheaper than it was before. Right. We have motion captures become more sophisticated so there's less cleanup that they have to do. Um, and despite the fact that the movie looked super unique, Mm-hmm. That didn't actually take as much manpower as you'd think, right? Because I guess so. Yeah. Obviously, they superimposed a lot of 2D effects in it, mm-hmm. and they stripped the frame rate down and had the backgrounds moving at different frame rates and the mm-hmm. foregrounds, and they did all these fancy things to make it look like a comic book. Mm-hmm. But at its core, it's not like any more complex. It's just different. Right. Well, and you mentioned that, and I look back and think of um, movies like The Corpse Bride or Wallace and Gromit when claymation was becoming was coming on the scene and just the difficulty of making claymation movies f- 10, 15 years ago versus the how much easier it's become now, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of true in a way. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because, like, overall... It, it, again, Hotel Transylvania did hit the audience it was like looking towards. Oh, it did. Yeah. So I, I, for those people listening in, like we're not saying it's a bad movie. It's definitely not. It did what it was supposed to do. It made as much money. It was su- very successful. Um, but again, like I mentioned earlier, this is just our opinions, right? So, so it's yeah. hard to... I mean, you have to look at your reviewer and look at your target audience and kind of make, do some extrapolating, right? Yeah. Exactly. Is it a target at audience? I would say eight to sixteen-year-olds reviewer between the ages of twenty and thirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. There's a vast education level difference and a vast age experience mm-hmm. level difference. <laughs> oh, so that just to run a scenario by with the I guess last ten to fifteen minutes that we have, if you guys were to sort of 
I guess, change specific things about this film? Or just, if you were just, I mean, just scrap it and create your own story or whatever, like, what would be your own spin or take on it? I mean, I don't mean to put you guys on the spot or anything, but, like, I figure it'd be cool to... I think making Dracula less of a sort of goofball mm-hmm. and more uh, like not serious character, but definitely give him some sharper edges. That that was kind of necessary in my opinion because that would actually generate like genuine conflict, right? Right. Which is kind of the thing that holds these movies together in the first place. Mm-hmm. And uh, apply the same thing to Jonathan. Make make him a little less whatever Jonathan was. <laughs> a little less Jonathan. Yeah. So less Andy Sandberg, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, basically, the characters were just so bland <laughs> that they there was nothing to clash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if they'd been a little bit more distinct in their personality, um, I, I think it could have it could have generated mm-hmm. something a little more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of mentioned this at the beginning too. The other thing I definitely would have done is something that wasn't just the generic like one, two, three, four of Father Meets New Boyfriend plotline, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and which has been done in many, many Adam Sandler live action <laughs> movies. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, he's comfortable with it. Um, mm-hmm. But it just. I know what you're trying a new sort of setting to apply that formula to, mm-hmm. but tweak the formula too, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I can't think of any specifics off the top of my head. I just know what didn't work. Um, and obviously, right. that's part of the process is figuring out what doesn't work and keeping the stuff that does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pam, you're going to say something? Uh, I think overall, like, I don't mind the plot too, too much. Um, but I would definitely make Drac a little darker. I mean, I love Mavis's character. Mm-hmm. I think she's super oh. fun. Um, that's a lot of times how 18-year-olds act. Oh, right. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay, still good? Yeah, yeah carry start on. Start off with you like Mavis's character. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I would definitely make... I definitely make Johnny less dumb. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I... I like how he's like a kid traveling around. I appreciate that. But he, I feel like they took Ron Stoppable from Kim Possible and just dumbed him down 10 times worse. They made him too oblivious. That is exactly it. So I did not like that. I I mean, I would have changed his character. Um, I mean, I'm going to just mention this. My favorite character, honestly, is Aunt Eunice. (laughs) Uh, Aunt Eunice from where? And even though she was a minor character, she at least had she was from she was Frankenstein's wife. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Oh, right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I totally forgot second... about her. So. <laughs> I just found like she was a second character, but she did her job so much more and so much better than Johnny did. Mm-hmm. Like I remember her more than I remember Johnny, and Johnny was a main character. So like that would be my biggest thing was adjust the characters a little bit yeah um you know yeah. the my sort of a thought that came to me is one thing that would have made this a lot more interesting is if they had made john they forced johnny into a situation where he actually had to survive right mm-hmm. where he fell into this hotel and you were kind of genuinely scared for him right because he's yeah. surrounded by monsters um and then he's sort of seeing show us the the 
perspective of the monsters of the humans through his eyes because mm-hmm. that would be a lot more interesting because other than that they just kind of info dump it to us with dracula narrating to mavis or whatever. Slideshow. but if our human character was going oh wait this is how the monsters see us and he's sort of like in survival mode that would have given us some genuine tension right dracula been a slightly more intimidating character from his perspective you don't need to show us that only well and i mean the only place we see that is where johnny's like are you gonna suck my blood and he's like oh no like blood human blood is too fatty yeah it's the only place we see that Mm -hmm. so that joke would have been way funnier if he had been scared for 30 minutes of dracula actually biting him right that's true yeah that's true <laughs> because that, that's, that's true. kind of what it, it's the that would have been the payoff to a lot of suspense mm-hmm. and if i had been like the careful dragon might bite you and then to find out 30 minutes in that human blood is way too fatty that would have that would have cracked me up mm-hmm. but the fact that he just kind of drops it in like 30 seconds yeah it, it, it just kind of uh, lessens how much of a threat he is to johnny if that makes sense yeah yeah he's just entirely impotent right mm-hmm. yeah which yeah okay i see i see where you guys are coming from for mm-hmm. sure yeah uh i would say like for me like i said earlier i just probably make it slightly it's du- not too du- too much darker but slightly darker yeah um i again i just the general whole plot line of johnny and mavis becoming a thing later on if i were writing this that and i had to put that in a movie i would still put it in but like it would be it will be like a subplot to something bigger, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it has to be in the movie because that's kind of one of the selling points, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but they definitely could have dialed it back a little bit and made mm-hmm. it a bit less contrived. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's not like there isn't an opportunity for some kind of conflict there. I mean, she's a vampire and he's not. There's, exactly. there's a lot of room to play with that. Concept, you know what right? I would have loved to see now thinking on it a little bit is if Mavis never knew what happened to her mother right mm-hmm. and kind of made it a lot not like a soul-searching story but kind of like drac has lied to mavis about what happened to her mom the whole time she finds out like that sort of conflict right mm-hmm. yeah i guess yeah. yeah that could be an opportunity because then she's not sure what she can believe that her father told her right and exactly it- Especially with, like, if they kept the whole village scene at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. I agree with that. Or, I I don't know. I'm kind of thinking, my thought, line, my thought process, rather, was more along the lines of maybe if uh, Mavis learning that her mother was killed by humans kind of grew a certain kind of maybe, like, uh, hatred for humans, similar to Dracula's. Um, no, she could resentful and then she finds out this kid that she likes is actually also exactly exactly you know because that would have been that would have been more yeah i don't know i'm just i'm trying to think of ways to actually piece it together and Mm -hmm. and make it seem more yeah it's very transparent that this movie was trying to rely exclusively on jokes to keep it afloat Mm -hmm. and if the jokes land that's probably what happens right right but what makes truly great movies is when you have all these threads that tie together. And if you aim for a movie that's just going to survive on jokes, it's going to fail because it, they're not going to land for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can string together interesting characters, a unique plot, and a bunch of jokes that are absolutely hilarious, even if it's only for a certain group of people, then the movie will just be much better received than mm-hmm. one that is only 
successful, and I say that in air quotes, with one of the three categories, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, it's it's it is what it is, though. Like I said, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not mad yeah. at it because it did its job, but definitely if it was it's geared cool. to more, if if you wanted it to go from a kind of uh, just okay animation to like exceptional, then you just have to be willing to take that extra step to mm-hmm. put that extra effort of tying it all together. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? This movie isn't bad. It just left me bored. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, oh my goodness. So, like yeah. I said, there's nothing in this movie that was actively done poorly. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. was acceptable, but it was not ambitious in any sense. No. It's jokes for an ambitious Norworth's characters, Norworth's plot. Right. And quite honestly, I'm not someone who watches a lot of movies. I mm-hmm. watched the one a week for this podcast, and I kind of want more out of it, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's. I need something extra um, mm-hmm. and just sort of generic characters, generic story, generic jokes is not going to hold my attention. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That makes sense. What did mm-hmm. we, what movie did we do before Shrek 2? I don't, oh no, we did Mulan. Never mind. I remember. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> okay. That's how memorable it was. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was just trying to say, okay, so we've done two animations in a row as well because we've done uh we did shrek 2 and now we've done hotel transylvania and those two are old so i'm thinking of like anyways we'll figure that out eventually because i'm like if we picked like a third thing that was more recent that we can use to compare contrast the last two then it'll kind of give us a sense of kind of how the industry has grown yeah exactly so i don't know for a new Disney movie as well that just came out in the last couple hours called uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. And the Last Dragon, yeah, you, yes. I can see the trailer mm-hmm. sitting here on my mm-hmm. our group chat. I haven't watched it yet, but I I'm do hoping... know the last like really heavy like Disney acclaimed film that came out that we haven't seen yet is Coco. I think that's. The I actually last do one. not watch that movie yet, and yeah. I'm intending. And to a lot of people have told me it's really good, so. <laughs> Is that know. the one with the guitar? Yes, that is. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's it's that one's a Pixar animation. Oh, okay, so that's what I thought. Yeah, it's 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 it keeps... inspired by the Day of the Dead, the Mexican yeah. holiday. Yeah, so pretty it much, keeps popping up on my recommended. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's apparently really good for voice. It's animation, voice acting, music, vid- visuals emotional story and respect for mexican culture so and it made 870 807 dollars uh, sorry 807 dollars 807 million dollars worldwide so that is more than That's double big. more than double of what hotel transylvania made <laughs> so um becoming um, the six the 16th highest grossing animated film ever so hmm. what's the highest uh let's see probably lion king <laughs> yes it is you're right it is lion king <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> but guess what it's uh. lion king the 2019 live action oh i'm done could you imagine that the live action lion king ranks number one in highest grossing animated films that is crazy i'm, I'm out probably because they charge 30 dollars for a ticket or something who knows? <laughs> Uh, Frozen 2 is second. Frozen 1 is first. 
Sorry, for, a... fr- sorry, Frozen 1 is third. I'm getting have... more and more out the way you go down this list. Like, I agree with Frozen being in third place, but Frozen 2 is not better than Frozen 1. Frozen 2 was a flop. Yeah, right? So that was... This is purely based off of how much those movies made, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Incredibles... Yeah, Incredibles 2 is fourth. Uh, Minions is fifth, actually. <laughs> how, is, how is I'm Minions out. fifth? Oh, my oh, goodness. Dominator. <laughs> Year olds can watch that movie. Oh, my goodness. But the original Lion King is 12th, so it's still up there, even though it came out in, like, 1994. So it's still, it's still packing a punch, even though it's, like, you know, what, more than 20 years old? I'm going to say something truly offensive here. Okay. I enjoyed Minions more than I enjoyed Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> Hotel Transylvania is actually, where is it? It's not, is it even on here? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so Hotel Transylvania didn't even break the top 50. Hotel Transylvania 3 did, which is the one I said the kids at the zoo liked. So that makes sense. Yeah. Because that one is 46th out of the top 50. Um, I think that one has Van Helsing in it, right? I think so. See, that's moderately interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, so pretty much. How to Train Your Dragon is 35th, I believe. See, and to me, How yeah. to Train Your Dragon is way more visually stunning than probably anything else on that list. Yeah, that How to Train Your Dragon is 35th on the list. So it, that, that's actually very... Cars 2 is 39th. So it's it's. It, it, I actually find this interesting, just the animated films that have made an impact. Shrek 2 is 14th, so that's also packing a punch. It's old, but it's still packing a punch, which is kind of cool as well. Um, so, final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts. Yeah, sorry. Or I just, ranking or whatever. I got I got a, <laughs> enthralled by the list. Um, yeah, no. So over here at Northern Critic, we rate and review our films using a coordinate system. Uh, we have North for good writing and South for bad writing. In a similar sense, we do have the East and West. East is good for is used for good cinematography, good style, good casting, voice acting, all of the other things that kind of makes a really good movie. And West would be what you would give if all of those things were bad. So a really bad movie with bad writing and bad cinematography or style or acting, all of that stuff, would be a Southwest. And a really good movie with good writing and equally good cinematography and style and acting and all of that, just an overall fantastic movie, would be a Northeast and everything else fall in the, falls in the middle of that, uh, on that scale. Similarly, we do use uh, countries uh, using the equator as our east-west and the GMT line as our north, north and south. Uh, so the GMT line just kind of cuts through the UK, through Africa. So, um, yeah, no. Uh, who wants to go first? Um. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I don't want to look at a map today, so I'm just giving it a. Sh- it's gonna be real bad. Uh, I'm going neutral. Okay. <laughs> right in the center, the pin that holds the compass, that holds the world together there, okay. uh, or the GMT and equator cross. Mm-hmm. Writing was not impeccable, but it wasn't horrible. Voice acting was. I mean, how can you relate? great voice acting either it's good or it's bad <laughs> like <Right>. there's no <laughs> um and the animation style is good that's about it <laughs> characters are okay I, I'm like it's uh it's a i like i said 
there's a nostalgia factor for me. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. That's fair. Okay. I, I would throw this movie sort of in the Madagascar region. Okay. Um, obviously, because that's a better animated movie. Wait. Uh, we would... It's just... Animation's good. Voice acting, I'm not going to fault the character, like the people who actually did the work on it for. So, like, technically this movie is kind of well put together. Mm-hmm. But from a writing and writing standpoint, it's a thumbs down. Right. And that's all I got to say. That's fair. That is very fair. I would give this uh I don't know, because it was it was hitting its target demographic, I would give it, I guess, for the humor and voice acting and stuff, I'd give that maybe slightly higher because it did its job. Um so I would just go maybe slightly edging towards east. Um whatever that is. I guess that would be like Nigeria or like oh no, actually that'd be like Gabon or something. Or Equatorial Guinea. So it's like just, it's it's still in the middle for writing because it's very average, you know, generic writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not bad, but it's not good. It's just eh. And then kind of go nudging a little bit east because, again, the style and I guess the humor, though it wasn't our cup of tea, it did uh, resonate with the target audience for, for the movie. Uh, so yeah, no, so I just give it kind of just going east and that's kind of what I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at as well. It's a decent movie. I like, yeah, sorry, go for it. I say, I like how we describe things as eh and meh. Yeah. It's a <laughs> thing. It's no scientific term. It was just eh. Yeah. It's okay. It captures it well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like for those listening in, it's again, it's a great f- film to watch on the couch with your kids or your nieces or nephews or something, or just to keep the kid busy. The kid can watch it by by him, his or herself, or themselves, and just yeah, and like it'll keep their attention for a bit. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, I know I will be forcing my kids against their will to watch into the Spider Verse. That's a given. But uh, you can force your kids to watch Hotel Transylvania if you want. So it doesn't. <laughs> Does it really matter? Um, so yeah, no, I think that's it for this week, right? Yeah. At least, yeah. A recommendation, if that's okay. okay. Um, so new on Netflix, UB's Halloween with Adam Sandler. If you need something, you've had a stressful day and want to turn your brain off, that's the movie to do it to. It's so dumb, but <laughs> honestly, it's a it's a good if you had a really bad day. Um, and for the adults listening. Uh, who grew up with Hocus Pocus? Oh Look up God. the Hocus Pocus drinking game on Pinterest and then do it with one of your friends. I did it with my friend over uh, FaceTime and it was it was absolutely ridiculous. We watched the movie together and followed the drinking rule game rules. So much fun. But that that's that's my Halloween recommendation for you. Those are the two movies. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no. Uh, I guess my recommendation is uh, give your kids hazmat suits to wear for Halloween. I think that's the- <laughs> that was my line. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess that's coming from Michael, more or less. Uh, I would say just maybe cover them up in like a with like a plastic bag, but that I don't think you're allowed to do that legally. So if that's dangerous. That yeah. causes suffocation. <laughs> yes. I don't think you can legally do that. Maybe if you poke holes. At the top, plastic bags are gonna be banned in Canada next year, eh? 
Uh, Sam. That's that's a that's a big that's a big uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Do. I don't think Canada is going to be able to do it. Um, there's um, there's more to talk about that too, actually, because if Canada does go ahead and like does that, if Canada goes ahead and does that, they might be open to suing by both the U.S. and Mexico for breaching trade agreements. I'm not sure how that works, but that's also a thing that could oh, possibly occur. <laughs> Sam, yes. I was just going to say, you with your plastic bags, you're giving so many murderers and serial killers ideas. So if there's plastic bag murders in Winnipeg, we know who to blame. <laughs> Especially if they happen on Halloween. I said you can pull coals in. <laughs> Not going to help. All the kids are wearing it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Fine. Just put like a bed sheet over them or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Yes, for sure. So... To all you ghouls and goblins and witches and wizards out there, have a safe and happy Halloween from all of us at Northern Critic Podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're not going to do like plugs to our social media just this one time because I'm tired. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know where to find us. Google Northern Critic or just type Northern Critic up on Instagram. You'll 100% find us. We're pretty easy to find. We have all the hashtags everywhere. So yeah, no, pretty much. That's it. All right. All right, cool. Happy Halloween, everyone. Yep. Happy Halloween.